How do you build a profitable relationship with your vendors? You learn the key to picking the right ones. Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. You know, there's never been more competition in retail than before, whether through the online bandits selling your products at a discount to competitors just down the street. Learn how you can stand out among other retailers and make a connection with your customers from today's guest, Heidi Owen-West. She's the owner of Lifestyles of Saratoga, Caroline on Main, and her newest store, Union Hall Supply, all located in fabled Saratoga Springs, New York. Welcome, Heidi Owen-West. Well, hi, Bob. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. I am excited to speak to you. So uh, who are you and what do you have to do with retail? I'm the sole owner and founder of three separate brick-and-mortar-centric brands, all located in downtown Saratoga Springs, New York. We sell apparel for men and women with a focus on sustainably designed goods and local goods. So you've been in business for 30 years now or something, right? Lifestyles will celebrate its 30th um, anniversary in 2020, yes. Unbelievable. And to those who think that the retail apocalypse is inevitable and everyone is online and no one's shopping Main Street, um, you've had some pretty great success in the last couple of years. Is that correct? Um, I have actually. I've seen an increase in business and I've expanded twice in the last five years. I've opened two other brands um, within eyesight of my, of my original location, Lifestyles. I love that. It's like we have a mega mogul on our show today. That's so exciting, Heidi. My first job at 14 was in the retail industry. We, back in the day, I worked for a um, large music venue and we were stuck out in tents and we had to do everything in our heads from um, giving change back to adding up everything that people wanted to purchase. So it was a really great um, ground to learn on because you had nothing, not pen, nor paper, nor register, <laughs> nor computer. You were basically on your own. <laughs> wow. And was that up there in Saratoga Springs? It was. It was at SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts Center. Yep. Wow. So, uh, so there you are. You're a teenage entrepreneur. You're doing all these things in your head. You're getting all these mad skills on being able to give change and, and add <laughs> things up. So that probably helps you when you, you're buying so I always had, um, you know, what you would call a passion for it. Um, even when I was young, I just loved the idea of being able to change your clothes and change who you are and be a different person, different person, depending on what you wanted to wear that morning. And I noticed people reacted to you differently depending on how you put things together. So it really became an art form for me at a young age. Um, I actually headed off to college in a rural location and realized I quickly, quickly realized I made a mistake and I needed to be in the fashion industry in New York City. So I headed down there as soon as I possibly could to the Fashion Institute of Technology. You may have heard of it. Sure. Um, and from there it was just, I, you know, I really loved retail. I loved working with the people. I loved being, you know, even in even in a large retail location, you're still kind of your own mini boss. You know, nobody's standing over your shoulder telling you what to do. So um, I just love the experience of not knowing what was going to happen next and being able to put out fires or create an experience for a person. I just it just suited my personality right from the yeah. get. 
Well, I love that idea of uh, it's kind of like the shapeshifter. And I think women, you have it over guys. Let's face it. I mean, guys, we get to put on a tux. Okay, that's really different. Uh, but pretty much we're limited to a shirt and a tie. And if we want to go crazy, um, we have a different watch or maybe a necklace. Whereas you can wear pants, you wear a dress, you wear shorts. You really do have more freedom. And that idea, I love that idea of um, how people feel as they, be- as they become someone else through clothing. Well, I do have to disagree with you because I think that I think the men's industry, apparel industry is changing quickly. And I do think there are more options. And I think men are venturing out more than they Uh used to. Certainly not like, you know, they don't have the options we have, but it's changing, Bob. It's a change. You're just talking to an old guy here. That's <laughs> These young guys today, I look at the stuff that they wear, and it's like, dude, you can pull that off. I totally couldn't pull that off. I don't know. I think no. you could, but anyway. They're reinventing the way they put things together. They really are. Well, I think everyone is, and I think that's probably what makes um, you so unusual. I mean, I've been to Heidi stores, and they, you know, you're, uh, I've been to Lifestyles and Carolina, Maine, and they're two totally um, different um retail establishments are they two totally different customers or are they just two sides of the same coin or so they are two different customers with some overlap um caroline in maine has its own personality it's uh it reads a little bit younger a little more relaxed uh beachier vibe more casual kind of weekend wear and um has its own personality, even the way it looks compared to Lifestyles, which is a larger store, a little more serious, um, much uh, broader amount of merchandise is sold there. Now you've got Union Hall Supply, which is menswear. Um, How do you select such great merchandise? And more importantly, you don't have sales. I don't notice your merchandise like 30% off this weekend, everything. Well, there's a lot of great merchandise out there. So it's a matter of really honing in and listening to what the client wants and moving in the direction that they're pointing you at. Because if you really sit back and listen, your clients will tell you everything you need to know. Um, And I don't mean one at a time. I mean, collectively, you got to head and pivot with them. So you know, I really look at the way clothes are made. I look at who's making them. I look at the storyline behind the brand. I look to see if they align with my mission. Uh, those things in general start to narrow down what the buy looks like. Well, I know Eileen Fisher is one of your big brands and you've been with her for an awful long time. And um, it's certainly not inexpensive clothing, right? No, it's not. And I do believe I believe Eileen Fisher and I have been together at least 25 years. We found her early on in her uh, in the process of selling to specialty stores. She stood out from the crowd even back then. And you find these um, vendors, obviously, on your buying trips. You know, I hear so many people say, oh, you know, I bought this line in and now the vendor is direct selling or they're doing all these things against me. And I don't get that with your with your apparel brands you carry what, well that, that's a decision that you have to make um you go into the relationship with a clear concise contract of what's going to happen and if the vendor decides to sell direct to market and it begins to hurt your bottom line then sometimes you just have to go your separate ways or you have conversations about that and you see a lot of times the conversation looks like 
Um, what can you do that's an exclusive for a specialty store? Or if you're going to put items on sale, will you let me know ahead of time so I can put them on sale so that we can all be in, a, in alignment together? Um, and sometimes you just have to break that relationship off because if their mission is different than yours, it's never going to work. I would agree with that. I really like that idea of just tell me when you're going to put it on sale. I don't want to be blindsided by a sale that someone else is having. And, um, and then I end up looking like I'm either I'm uh, totally obtuse and I don't know what's going on with the brand or that um, there's a disconnect. It sounds like you really have built that partnership where you're in it together. You know, the customer knows the customer has all the same knowledge you have, you know, they're, they're, educated they can find out information that once upon a time was not available to just anyone you have the internet now so you have to be um you you have to work with those vendors to know what's happening otherwise yes you'll be blindsided and your customer will know it's on sale and they will tell you this item is on sale online so you don't you don't want to be there we'll explore more in just a bit but first a quick word about field agent our sponsor Field Agent is an on-demand platform that furnishes businesses with in-store information, shopper insights, and services to drive product sales all through the Field Agent mobile app, featuring a panel of over 1.5 million shoppers. In a matter of hours, you can get photos and data from stores everywhere. If you need in-store visibility and you need it fast, Field Agent is the solution for you. Visit www.fieldagent.net slash retail doctor for exclusive content. Now let's get back to it. So I know I'm, uh, you have work on your sales floor a lot because that's how you get to know who your customer is. So I go back to Eileen Fisher because it's one of the brands that my people know the best. It has the most recognition out in, in the world um, because of what Eileen Fisher herself does. Um, and I don't know if you know the brand well, but you know, their philosophy is to actually change the industry. And they are sing- all the Eileen Fisher herself is single-handedly changing the industry. So a lot of times people will come in, clients, and they have um, some price resistance. But when she start explaining to them the industry and the fashion, how fashion works and how unfortunately terrible it can be for the environment and that Eileen Fisher is making a difference in that in the world they really respond to that and they will start to listen and they'll understand why it's expensive we're all in this together and i align with your values and you align with mine but of course that means you have to be able to talk to your customers right i mean your store isn't like some boutiques where they're just sitting there with their hands behind their butt and waiting for them to ask a question i think you really understand that customer service um and even though you do get an influx of tourists, let's be honest, in the summer, you're a very different town than you probably are nine months out of the year. But that curiosity and that ability to forge that rapport and that um, connection certainly allows you to tell that story easier than I think um, several mall and bigger brands can do. I mean, right? Because you have that immediacy with them. Correct. And and it's just, not just me, Bob. You know, I'm not always on the floor, but it's you know, pervasive in, in the entire environment that I create. So I, I'm yes, the leader, but my whole team knows about the, all of the information. They know how to speak to the brands and some of them even know more than I do, to be honest with you. (laughs) That's the best. And you know, the other thing is your store is merchandised so well, your windows 
um, just looks so professional all the time. Do you go and hire someone to do all that for you or? Well, at this point with three windows, um, you know, I have a team, a small team of creatives and we work together, but no, I'm right in there with, uh, with them. We brainstorm throughout the year and put together spectacular windows. We just won a little award for one of them for Travers so. window, but, um, but I have creatives on the team that are spectacular. So what makes a great window when you go by some stores and you're like, wow, that's a terrible window. And what makes a great window? And then um, how do you bring that into your evaluation of your own stores? So it's kind of a wow factor and a focus all at the same time. Um, if you have too much going on and you're trying to say too much all at once, it just does, it falls apart. So um, having a theme or a thread that kind of runs through the window or through the store, or a, a mission or philosophy in the window and the store, it all that all works together. What's in your window that just won the award? Uh, well, that was an award for the celebration of the Travers um, race. That's a race that we have in town, the stakes, and they were celebrating the 150th year. So um, we had the theme for the Saratoga race course is based on red and white. So we knew that was going to be part of the philosophy that that was going to run through the window. Um, we needed to have that logo of the Saratoga race course and the 150 in there, but we, um, the nickname for the Travers is the Midsummer Derby. So we played off of a Midsummer Night's Dream and the race course and wrapped it all together to create kind of a dreamlike um, race that was happening in the dead of summer in Saratoga. Nice. That's such a hard combination to pull off because sometimes it's going to end up looking like Valentine's Day, right? So getting the balance of the props and getting that attention of the, the red the red pop and making it so that people can, um, to your point, focus down. And what was the product that was in the windows? Um, clothing. We had clothing. I mean, was it like one $8,000 dress or one, you know, scrumptious brooch or was it one outfit? It was one outfit. It was one spectacular dress on a ferry. Um, and then a man, you know, with the uh, horse head and a tweed vest and you can kind of picture it. But okay. that being said, it could have gone either way. Um, <laughs> you're right. It could have been a disaster. And in the middle of it, we're thinking this could really go in a bad direction, but it didn't. We made sure it happened. We always do though. We always pull it off. I think that's what's great because I think you'd have to take a risk if you're really going to do it well. Um, we are so jaded and our heads are down in a phone. Well, it's a whole new environment right now and it's changing daily, yearly. It's completely different now than it was three years ago. Um, you know, the, the client has so many options, so many places to shop, so many ways to shop that you really have to be reinventing yourself to figure out how they shop, where they shop, when they shop, what they want. So for me, part of what I figured out is they want that connection and experience. And how do I keep it fresh? How do I keep it new? Um, how do I just stay open to the creative ideas that come my way. And I'm always looking, whether I'm at a trade show or I'm talking to my neighbor in town, how can we collaborate? How can we get together and make this experience something that the customer really wants to, to be a part of? 
Um, I know sustainability has become a big deal, particularly in women's fashion, you know, that people talk about, particularly, you know, I had to notice today, I think it's Forever 21, they're um, rumored to be going bankrupt here in the next week or two. And three years ago, all we heard was fast fashion is the way it's going. No one's going to be buying quality goods. It's all going to be fast fashion. And it's interesting that the market is now saying not really. And I think probably because a lot of the waste and, and they're not sustainable. Is that correct? Correct. Again, the consumer is educated. This is, this is out there. This is not, you know, a, something that just exists in, in the retail world. Um, we're all aware of the way the environment is treated and fashion is one of the biggest culprits. So, um, I have never bought into the fast fashion. I have, I've never bought into the fast fashion. Um, I've always just looked at the way the clothing or the clothing is made and balanced it with the price and um, everything that goes into it. So I never really went down that path. So my customer Mm -hmm. knows that. And scarves are a big thing for you. I know, right? You guys have like, hundreds of scarves. Is, yeah. is that a trend that you think everyone looks better with a scarf or is it something that in Saratoga Springs they tend to wear more? How did, how does that, um, how does that, I mean, cause clearly it's a, it's a defining feature for your stores compared to some other stores. And- oh, well, it's just the most useful accessory that ever existed. Well, especially in the Northeast, um, whether it's summer or winter, you can do so much with a scarf. I could show you for hours what you could do with a scarf. So it's, um, it's you know, as people were buying them and we were running out of them, we just kept increasing and finding um, more product and different product. And so our scarf collection has grown um, significantly and it's actually becomes difficult to keep them in stock because they wow. people come in and buy piles of them. So it changes the whole outfit. You could just have on black top and black pants and put a different scarf on and look like you're doing, you know, wearing something completely different each day. So especially if you're traveling. Well, one of the things I love about uh, you is you have no fear and you took my Facebook challenge when we did that a couple <laughs> of years ago and did a lot of live videos. But what you found was that um, they were hungry for your fashion uh, sense, right? They were hungry uh, for listening to what you had to say about how to put outfits together. They were. And in fact, I have dropped off of that because I haven't had time with the new business, but I really want to get back into uh, connecting with my customer on Facebook, especially, you know, that's what I love to do best, whether it's in my brick and mortar space or online. Um, that connection is what is really important to me. So hopefully this nice. fall I'll be able to get back into that and giving out tips, even for guys now. Even for I know guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna be tuning in myself. What do you think the best advice you've ever received is? Always say yes. I shouldn't say always say yes. Say yes and move through the opening doors and continue to move forward. And when doors start to close, start to rethink exactly what you're, you know, where you're headed, but to just say yes to opportunities that present themselves. Yeah, I would agree. I heard Shonda Rhimes talk last year about how the year of saying yes is her book. And, uh, you know, her daughter said, mommy, we play for me with me. And she said at that moment, she realized she kept saying no all the time. Right. <laughs> it's like, what am I, what am I doing? And she talked about how that fundamentally, um, a lot of people freak out about it. Like I couldn't do that, but if you just try it, 
that more often than not, that um, expectation of something good does come back to you, right? Well, yeah. And the important part for me with that was, you know, not to let the fear have a voice. Because if you're coming from a place of fear and you're afraid to do anything, you stagnate. So be able, having that ability to say yes, let go of the fear, and then be able to make that decision fear-free and not get caught up in all those details because I'm definitely an overthinker. I will overthink something to its death, and then I miss out on the opportunities. I know when I had uh, Ketterman's Jewelers on the podcast earlier uh, this last season, and she talked about um, going up to her customers and saying, have you been cared for today. Mm -hmm. And I always like that idea. And how many times do we care for ourselves? You know, how many times do we take ourselves out of the mix? Because um, to your point, we're giving the fear a voice. And that's, uh, I think it's dangerous in retail. I think that's how we make safe choices in merchandise that sits too long. I think we make safe choices in people we hire. I think we make safe choices in people um, you know, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. And so your brand becomes this bland and boring thing. And um, too many retailers, I think these days have, have cut out so much of that personality that, you know, at least you, when you put the horse head on the guy, at least you're like, this could really go off the rail. <laughs> but, but right, but at least you had fun doing it. Well, you can't, yeah, you can't keep it small because it won't work. You can't thrive if you're making decisions that keep everything small. And it's really hard sometimes to step off that cliff. But some of my best decisions have been stepping off the cliff blindly, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) You have three stores and you've got sales growth. So I think that seems to be working. Um, So I want you to picture there you are on Broadway and a friend of yours comes up to you and says, hey, Heidi, can we go to have coffee and uh, you say, sure, you go to have coffee and um, they spring on you that they want to go into retail. They've always wanted to open their own retail store and um, they're going to open a sporting goods and they're really exciting, uh, excited about it. What would you, if they said, so what would, what would be some advice you would give me before I, I open the shop? What would you tell them? Run, run for your life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, this, I do have this conversation with people. People do ask me to coffee. Um, you know, I basically say, be careful about thinking this is going to give you more freedom or more time in your life because to do it right, it is time consuming, all consuming and hard to balance. So be ready to be all in, to go all in. I like that. I'm always surprised when people tell me, oh, I'm going to have someone else run my store. And I'm like, really? You're going to open your store and fill it with hundreds of thousands of dollars of your home, you know, that you're on the hook for and give that success over to someone else? I go, well, how hard could it be? It's like, well, talk to a retailer, you know? I mean, yeah. as wonderful as I love the holidays, the thing I love about the holidays is days go quick and people are in a good mood. You know, no one comes in, hey, um, uh, my mom died. I need to get a new uh, celebratory outfit. They don't do that. The holidays, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy this for myself or, oh, you just got this in and that's fun. But at the same time, uh, you know, a snowstorm hits you and three people come into work. It's like, well, we got to open and mm-hmm. whoever can, I'm going to have to get in there, whatever it's going to take. I think that's the difference that an entrepreneur like you that's been doing this for 30 years, there's a certain grit, there's a certain determination that, um, yes, you've been tested, but I think you enjoy it. Oh, I love it. Are you kidding me? But that's another piece of it. Um, It's fun and easy to open new stores with 
that energy, new retail, brick and mortar locations. It's really the perseverance and keeping it going during the downturns, during the hard times. It's just that steady on is where people sometimes get lost. It is, you just keep going steady on. I, you know, I learned that actually rowing. I was a big rower um, as a master and rowed the head of the Charles. And things happen. Someone catches a crab. You almost dump over. It doesn't matter. You have eight people all rowing huge paddles in a windstorm. And you, it doesn't matter if everything breaks the boat, you just keep going. I mean, otherwise, (laughs) otherwise you're in danger. I love that image. I just pictured you as a, in a, uh, what are they? A, what are they called? They're not a skiff. What are they? A shell. A shell. Yeah. You, a shell. I don't care if there's a crab. I don't care if the boat's breaking apart. You just keep rowing. You do. You do. You don't look back. You don't turn around. You don't look forward. You just keep going through the motions. And sometimes that's what it takes in the business to come out the other end. Because if you get bogged down in that and stop, you're, again, you're dead in the water. That is great image. And I think that's a great place for us to end today. How can they find out more about you and your companies, Heidi? Well, I'm brick and mortar based, so you can come into my stores. That's my favorite way to connect. But you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at lifestylesofsaratoga.com, at Caroline in Maine, and at Union Hall Supply Co. So we um, post daily and put a lot of um, fun happening things on our social media. So that's the best place to find us. That's excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thank you, Bob. It has been a pleasure. Well, that pretty much does it. And I want to thank my guest, Heidi Owen West. One thing I really enjoyed speaking to Heidi about is how she connects with her customers. It's what truly sets you apart from other retailers. After all, a smiling face goes a long way over a coupon. On the next episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I'll speak with Andy Heck about the need for changing and evolving in retail. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of the Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world, who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDOC.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.